0: Of the crowd, and williams Stadium is second to none. the raid breaks out in Columbia. It is good!
1: Gamecock fans, welcome home.
2: Let's
0: see how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go.
2: It's time to root. <laughs> Let's
3: go, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit!
1: He baked it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game!
3: Here are your hosts... JC Sherman. Watch him celebrate now. Bill Mullinex, My
1: wife doesn't like hanging around Louis
3: and Jamie Bradford. I'm gonna
1: tell you, you look like you joined the Damn
2: All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks. The show live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the BarndominiumCo.com, the BarndoCo, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot in the Carolinas, in Georgia, or in Tennessee. Sinorama, of course, is the preferred sign partner of the Gamecocks. Matt Vaughn runs a brilliant business in West Columbia, and they do it for anybody and everybody all over the great state of South Carolina. J.C. and Phil will be in in just a few moments. Uh, the, uh, our, our, preview, our first program of the day, J.C. and Morgan, is about to get wrapped up, and then they'll pop in, but luckily for all of you, I'm joined by Perry Orth for his weekly segment Inside the Playbook with Perry Orth, former quarterback at Carolina, and we're counting down the days, but only a couple of more weeks until finally they'll take the field in Charlotte against that team from the North with a Carolina in it as well, but uh, good to have you. And you know what these days are like, Barry, when when you get into this. These are literally the dog days of summer for a college football player, right? You're you're stuck. You're almost stuck in
4: neutral. Like, good God, we're halfway through it. Let's just get there. Coach White said it best. Um, I think I've said on the show he works out at the gym that I work out at. Just gotten to know him. He's an awesome guy, Coach Clayton White. He said it best. I think I saw him was the latter part of last week and said, how's camp going brother. And he was like, Oh, it's good. And uh, I think somebody asked like in the background, like what day of the week is it? And he said, Nope, there's not a day of the week during this time of the year. It's just day. It's not Monday. It's not Tuesday. It's just day, day 15. Right. So I think that perfectly exemplifies as groundhog day. You wake up, you practice, you meet, you go through what you got to do. And uh, you know, you put one foot in front of the other and keep, hopefully stacking great days you know the the good and the bad thing about playing um having a big game like this to open the season is you take camp more seriously um but at the same time it's kind of like man can we not just have kind of like a a lesser game where we kind of get our feet wet see what kind of team you're going to be because you know, you never really know until you play a full real game against another team. You know, in, in high school, you know, we get the opportunity to scrimmage other teams that, you know, we get to find out who can play, who, can, who can't who can play, mm-hmm. um, moving around positions. And you only really find that out when you play another team. And just um, the, the ability of, of college coaches of how they're able to make decisions and put guys in the best case scenario and best position to succeed, plus the players having to get themselves mentally prepared, even in the NFL, you get four preseason game, right. To, to evaluate and see what you got. So um, these are uh, difficult and challenging times, but they're fun and they're days that, um, you know, you'll never forget. And uh, it's an opportunity to get closer with your teammates and friendships that will last you a lifetime. So a lot, lot to look forward to though with this uh, with this bunch of Gamecocks though.
2: Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about that. And and there are some leaders that have kind of begun to emerge, Perry, and a few of those, Spencer Rattler has been one. He We know that he's got the respect of his football team, but uh, over the last week or so, reports are kind of coming out of there from staff members, certainly media members are getting this from the staff, mm-hmm. that guys named Nick Garjulo and Vershawn Lee, your projected starting center and your projected starting left guard, have kind of taken control Uh, of this offense, probably throw Trey Jones' name in there as well, a young man out of Abbeville, South Carolina, who just a couple of years ago was being utilized a little bit in a fullback-type role that our buddy (laughs) Pat Marco once played. Uh, But you've got the interior of the offensive line, and those guys have played a ton of football. And I know that they're trying to get the tackle positions kind of sorted out, but they are beginning to feel much better about that as well. But, Perry, when you've got an experienced group on the interior – of the offensive line. What does that mean for Spencer Rattler
4: in the offense? Man, it means everything. I think we talked a little bit about it last week was the the command. When you have an offensive line that's, that's not only they're going to sure up blocks, right? they're not going to be perfect, but from a mental side, you know, like, hey, if your protection calls slide right, typically with older, more experienced guys, Nine point nine 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 times out of ten, they're going to slide right. Yeah, they might have that one mix up and miscue, but you feel more comfortable. You feel safer. Um, I know as a quarterback, you 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 feel um, that really anything can happen, right? When you you have a bunch of sure-handed players that you know are going to give their best and are are going to protect you for the most part and create you know running lanes for the running backs. You know, typically at this level, the skill positions are good enough to make the plays that need to, you know, the offensive line, they get no love, but they are so important to the success of an offense. You can have skilled players all over the field, but if you can't give the quarterback time to make throws, it's, it's impossible to move the football, right? If you don't give the running back running lanes to run through, you don't provide, and you don't have the balance you need to be successful on offense. So, you know, as much, you know, attention that they don't get, they, they, you know, in the film room and in real football, the coaches focus on that side of the football and not on that side, but on that position group um, probably more so than they do from a skill position. Right. So um, having, having experienced talented offensive line certainly helps because at the end of the day, in this league, you have to run the football and stop the run to win. And if, right. if, if you do that, well, you're going to have a shot and be in every single game that you play in.
2: All right. So per- you, you mentioned running the football, and, and right now we talked about this last week as well. But that, that seems to be to carry on Joyner with a pretty large leg up on the starting role. Um, they are expected to play four running backs. Uh, we'll probably see four running backs at some point in time in the North Carolina game, if, if I had to guess, coming up in a couple of weeks, Perry. But specifically here, um, we know that Juju and to carry on Joyner uh, can can catch passes out of the backfield. Yeah. And uh, so we, we call this inside the playbook. We're going to let you do that because I know that's what you do. You're an offensive coordinator at uh, Cardinal Newman and former quarterback in the SEC. Um, what, it, describe that dynamic. Now you've got Dowell Loggins, and, and they use they utilize running backs out of the backfield to catch the football a lot in the NFL. So he's called a lot of plays over the years by making sure that this, the guys who were sure-handed tailbacks that were on his roster in the lineup could also be able to branch out and go get the football so kind of describe especially with what we know or surrounds them the tight end room the wide receiver room and you got a talented quarterback describe how that can change an offensive game plan and keep the defense on its toes
4: well, yeah, I think first and foremost, I mean, balance in, in anything in life is important, right? And it translates to the football field, right? Having <laughs> ha- having having balance in the run in the pass game is, is vital to the success of any team, right? I mean, you'll see high-powered offenses that are thrown for 400 yards a game that finish seven and five, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? You know, there's Mr. a lot mistake. that goes into it, right? Just, yeah, just because you throw for a bajillion yards doesn't mean – you're going to win football games or vice versa, running the football, just because you're really, really good at running the ball. doesn't mean you're going to win the national title, having balance and being able to do both because you have to be able to run the ball consistently, but you also have to, to succeed. And ultimately in today's football, the the quarterback is such a vital part that you're going to have to throw the football to win. And you sure as hell have to throw the football well to win the big game, right? the, yeah. The teams that win national championships, they're they're good up front on both sides of the ball. They can run and stop the run. Ultimately the 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 deciding factor on great teams is the trigger man is are, are they making the throws when the teams are needing them to make the throws, right? You go down watch the the playoff game versus Ohio State and some of the throws Stetson Bennett had to make to win that football game because if he doesn't make those throws they lose and Ohio State probably goes on to win the national title. Well, that same thing for South Carolina, you know, if we um, can protect and it starts up front, if we can protect Spencer, I mean, he has the ability and the experience and with this scheme to find the open receiver. And we have guys on the perimeter that can not only catch the football well, um, but they're going to make plays after the catch and, you know, running back to carry on joiners electric with the ball in his hand, whether he was in the shotgun, you know, Taking snaps at quarterback, running wildcat stuff, whether he was in the receiver catching balls out in the slot, getting open, or, or and or now getting downhill. He's 225 pounds. He's able to run hard. He plays the the, the game the right way, and we all know this by now. DeKerion's going to lay it all out on the line for for South Carolina football. Like the guy just bleeds garnet and black, and um, you 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 combine all of that and everything on paper looks great. Now, the question that none of us know, and the only people that know are in the building is how, how are these guys gelling together? How is it coming together? Is it coming together? Are there days where they're doing really well, really bad? Are there, you know, are we throwing the ball well? Are we running the ball well some days, you know, when does it all come together? And I think the the number one complaint that folks have had in somebody that has, I guess, an above average trained eye on football, (laughs) I don't believe that we, I don't believe that we have stretched the field. And that's not just dropping back, throwing launch, you know, launch after launch, right? Post route, go route, deep balls, but really pushing vertical routes, right? You know, deep comeback seam routes, open middle, you know, open middle cover two post routes, right? things that create explosive plays i don't think that we were very aggressive in that and i think the last 3 games of the season we really were which is why we saw a big difference and big improvement in our offense you know they used to tell us all the time in college if you want to score if you want to score points what do you got to do well you got to try you got to try to score um in in pushing the ball and yes yeah, pretty simple you know in pushing the pushing the ball down the field um helps create explosive plays and it gives you more breathing room to not only throw quick game to get high percentage completions, but then to ultimately run the football and take control of the game um, when you need to. And it doesn't have to be all game, but if you, if you take a couple of shots, they're going to have to respect it because eventually at that level, you're good enough to hit them and connect on them. And, or they're going to have to back off and say like, Hey, I don't want to get beat over my head. So um you know taking shots being aggressive on offense is what I am praying to see because they have the they have the pieces from from my perspective to do that
2: yeah Spencer Rattler just a couple of days ago too Perry said uh, I'm going to play my game I trust in what Dowell is doing this offense suits me a lot better I'm enjoying it a lot that was an interesting comment from Spencer so kind of R- relating what you, or excuse me, combining what you said with what I said just a couple of minutes ago, being able to utilize your tailbacks out of the backfield and and the skills and the speed that they have, um, in catching the football, um, but that seemed to be like now I, I, I'm as you you know this I, I lean on you and Pat and and Flint and Garcia and everybody I can to learn as much as possible, um, but in my I would call it very uneducated. Uh, understanding of offense last year it seemed like they tried to stretch the field at least until the last three games as you mentioned by throwing um uh, i don't even know what half the plays were but by throwing passes that were near behind near or just in front of the line of scrimmage and creating running lanes for their for their skill guys and allowing them to get down feet on their own instead of throwing the football downfield perry so um can you? It does appear that this system with Dowell is going to throw it actually down the field yeah. a little bit more, like we saw in the last three weeks. Can, can you? Can you get into that a little bit? And I'm not. This is not. I don't want to make this a conversation about the former offensive coordinator at South Carolina. Those days are gone. Um, and best of luck to Marcus Satterfield at Nebraska. <laughs> uh, but you know, we saw it a lot last year through the first seven, eight games, nine games of the season where you would see third and seven or second and nine or whatever it is, third and 14, and they'd be throwing, I don't even know, some screens, whatever they were, around the line of scrimmage and trying to generate uh, a play out of a short-swing style pass instead of throwing it past the sticks. Why why was that, and what's going to
4: be different, in your opinion, moving forward? I don't know why that was, honestly. Like, um, what style of
2: offense is that? We're supposed to have a pro-style offense here. What That's not what that was.
4: Well, I think it was high percentage throws and hoping that you get the blocks on the perimeter that allow the guys to go and make the plays they need to. You know, I know that was a complaint last year about guys not blocking on the perimeter. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's probably the mindset in doing that. I'm all for doing that, but you got to push it vertically. Um, in order for those type of plays to work right you don't want to open up with got it plays running laterally players and routes going to the sideline because it allows defenders to get on their toes and come downhill and make aggressive breaks on, on 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 throws and I'm not saying you open the game with throwing four verticals but there are different things like throwing a hitch route right where they show vertical release snap it off at five balls out of your hand off of you know, a bailing corner and you've got an opportunity to get confidence and get some completions early and then kind of move into your game plan from there. Um, That that was probably a reasoning why, you know, this year, like I talked about last week was he's bringing, Dowell's bringing some NFL concepts to the college game. Um, You know, if I I don't know Spencer Rattler, but just based off watching him play, I you know, he's got a big arm. Um, he's got a lot of pop on the ball, throws a tight spiral. Um, he probably enjoys doing that. So one would put two and two together thinking that he is pressing the ball in the the zones of the defense that are more down the field, more third level instead of first and second level, right? So what that looks like is open middle defense. You're throwing corner routes, cover two posts, right? Comebacks, post routes, uh, post curls different things that are you know 15 plus yard throws right that's not drop back play action throw at 70 yards right then when you start doing that then it allows you to throw some of the quick game throw some of the rpos then you're really keeping the defense off balance and if the guys are running good clean crisp routes you can really put defenders on their heels and more importantly you can put defensive coordinators in a bind of hey i don't do i want to do I want to, you know, go press coverage? Do I want to try to press these guys? Do they have the ability to beat me over my head? Do they have the ability to make contested catches? Um, as soon as you do that, then then it then it becomes a nightmare because then it's a it's a pick your poison, right? It's you know, what do I do? I don't know how to defend and stop this offense. And again, it all it really does all start up front because if we we find ways to control the run game. Um, they have to put that eighth guy in the box. You're getting closed middle coverage, right? Cover three or man-to-man. Now the quarterback knows where he's going to go with the football, and it just it makes a world of difference.
2: Matchups, Perry. I, I felt at times uh, in the previous uh, couple of years and, and even prior to that uh, that, um, that South Carolina did not take advantage of preferable matchups on the offensive side of the football, and – and to give you an example, um, you know, last year they, they go down to Arkansas and get beat forty four to thirty, yep. but uh, Juice Wells em- emerges, and and you think and you saw it. You, you matter of fact, if you saw Juice Wells play in the Georgia State game, you knew how talented that kid was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we we saw him bust out in the Arkansas game, and, and you thought, wow, they've got something here. He he had it. Will Muschamp said it after the game that they weren't going to necessarily do anything specific to stop Juice Wells. And they felt like Juice Wells had a pretty good matchup against their secondary. They th- they felt like he would probably get some yards and they were going to have to make some adjustments. He didn't even get a target in the game against the number one team in the country, which was baffling to pretty much everybody and anybody that's ever actually seen the sport of football be played, at least in America. Um, so, when you have a guy who called plays for a decade in the NFL, that tells me he understands matchups because that's what the NFL
4: is all about. Yeah. The NFL lives in the world of matchups is how can I get this player on this player? Cause you know, they're so talented and they're so smart that yeah, the defense lines up in cover two, but the offense knows that they're in cover two. but the way that they play it, they play it so sound they can take away a lot of what the offense does. Well, how do you win? You get my Jimmy is better than your Joe, right? He's going to make the play. He's going to run the right route to make the DB go here. And then he goes here, right? That's just, that's how it works. And I think, um, you know, not every game plan. And sometimes it's the way it shakes out. Sometimes that the, the top player has, you know, a corner underneath safety on top or just somehow some way doesn't, um, you know, is is not, not involved in the game plan, but just doesn't get the football. Now, when you have a player like that, you 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 have a few plays, you have five to six plays where you're like, all right, I gotta get number one, or in his case, zero, the football. Um mm-hmm. it was puzzling. There was a lot that was, <laughs> but um Dowell um is 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 sharp. Um he obviously clearly knows what he's doing. I'm excited for um, like I said last week, I'm excited to see what they do. I'm excited to watch the games with a pen and paper and see what concepts I can't steal from them. Um, um, um that's honestly, I won't be in Charlotte. I'm going to watch it on TV and see if I can't pick up a few tips and different formation ideas and motion ideas and all sorts of different things. Cause anytime you can learn from a guy that has that kind of experience and wealth of knowledge, um, it's going to be good. And that's why I think that Spencer will really benefit from it, having played from, you know, Lincoln Riley to last year to now. There's a lot that he brings to the table as well.
2: Inside the game, Cocks, the show. This is Inside the Playbook with Perry Orth, teed up by travelingcountryclub.com. It's the coolest golf club in the Carolinas. If you play golf, you need to be playing golf through travelingcountryclub.com. It's almost fall. Get into the mountain golf. That is fun stuff in the crisp air. Of the Upstate of South Carolina or the western side of North Carolina. All right. Um yes, Nick Harbor. <laughs> yes, it is. We need to actually maybe take a trip here. Me, Pat DeMarco and I've been talking about that. Get a nice let's one do trip. it. All right. Um, Nick Harbor. Okay. So I uh, haven't seen the kid play. I uh, haven't seen him catch the football. Haven't seen him block anybody. You know, there were some reports that he was having some trouble getting off the line of scrimmage. That tells me more about the defensive backs of South Carolina than it does about Nick Harbor. I think that Marcellus Dial and O'Donnell Fortune are going to have a pretty darn good year, Perry. But So you, you're, you're uh South Carolina offensive coordinator, Perry Orth, and the one oh, thing boy. that you you do know about Nick Harbour is he literally will run by anybody on the football field. Doesn't matter who it is. He might be the fastest guy in the whole country. Uh, he has got world-class speed. That's been proven. What do you do with him?
4: Yeah, well, I mean, he's got to get off the line of scrimmage. I mean... Just because he's got, I'll tell everybody here right now, just because he's got world-class speed means absolutely nothing to me. Um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but when you're that tall, um, I assume that he probably runs relatively high. And you got a guy that gets leverage on you and gets up underneath you. Um, it it It's going to be a challenge. Um, but uh, you have to get the football in his hand, right? He's a guy that you can certainly use to press the field vertically Um, you know, I don't know. Is he playing receiver? Is he playing tight end? Yeah. They got him receiver. Yeah. So, okay. So now he's got to, he's got to win his, his one-on-one battles. And um, you know, again, with somebody of that kind of speed, you would think in theory that they could just line up and smack their arms and just take off down the field. Well, a lot more, a lot more challenging than that. I I think that, you know, finding a way to give him jet sweeps, right. Just depends on how he can run. I mean, trying to find the way to get the ball in his hand is, uh, I think, is the easy part. Now, how well does he execute? I've, I, you know, I've seen his tape, um, but I do know for for certain that the level of competition between high school and the SEC is vast, and uh, I hope that he, um, you know, is as good as advertised. Um, but yeah, that that's a puzzling one, and that that can certainly Um, be frustrating to a fan base, right? Because you see these guys come in as top flight recruits, but um, you know, I'm not saying that him specifically, but sometimes you'll find kids where their game just did not translate and does not translate. You find it from guys going from college to the NFL, but um, you know, he's a guy that's going to need to be coached up on how to run good, clean, crisp routes. And then eventually, you know, he will then be able to use his speed and size to to win those matchups. I know that was kind of <laughs> the answer that you weren't hoping for, but that's just the reality of it.
2: No, 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 I know. I, I actually was, I mean, I, I think that, um, I think a freshman, if you, it doesn't matter how highly touted I mean, the most highly touted fresh touted freshman ever come through South Carolina is a guy named Jadevian Clowney. And everybody thought he was going to walk right in and he was going to be the starter from day one, regardless of who was on the roster, you know, Melvining. None of those guys, Devin Taylor, didn't matter. Um, but you know, Brad Lawing, Coach Lawing, God rest his soul, uh, said, "No, you're going to earn it, and it's going to. You're going. You're not just going to walk in and start. I don't care how good yeah. you think you are. There's a lot of football you need to learn at this level, and that made him a better football player. And he is the first one to tell you that. So i i I, I always, I always try to make sure that fans should understand they need a temper. Expectations for any highly tattered recruiter, regardless of what schools wanted him and what they think he can be in this, that, and the other, until he proves himself at that level. I, I I continue to hear the word like DeMarco mentioned it the other day, motions, motions, motions. You know, if you don't yeah. want to get jammed at the line of scrimmage, you can utilize emo- motions. Mm-hmm. But Pat also mentioned that's not always necessarily the best thing for your offense as well. Can you can you dive into that a little bit deeper?
4: But yeah. I mean, you have to have, like I said, how well are we meshing together if he's not part of that equation, right? If he's just a talent freak, but you know, can't play in the slot or we have to move him outside and move him off the ball and motion him. But you know, that initial burst is not there, but now in a, you know, in a, in, in a tight track stance and on, on you know with track cleats and no breeze and nobody hitting you and he can get in the line and run. That's great. But Football is a completely different game. Football is played in a box, right? You're you, very rarely are you ever running as fast as you can in a direct straight line. It is a change of direction, um, rotational, side to side game. Um, and uh, in and I agree with that. You know, motions clearly help, but you can't motion every single play, and you can't have plays drawn up every time he's in. All right, we're putting Nick in. Well, now we have to do this. Well that's not going to help your offense at all because just because he's super fast, right? Does he make the catch? How does he do when somebody goes to grab him and tackle him? These dudes are big and strong. They don't care how big you are. They're bigger and they're stronger and they'll bring you right to the ground. And um, how's the body going to hold up? You know, he, he's obviously, he's got enormous ability. Um, So I'll be excited to see him progress um, as a football player. And now I hope that, He's one of those guys that it takes two weeks for him to get used to work and getting off jams and getting used to not being able to just push kids off the line. And he is able to use proper technique, then use his gifts to 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 beat corners. Because if he does that, then that's when you get guys like, um, I mean, look at the Alabama receivers they've had over the last few years, right? I mean, you even look at guys Everyone. like how Brian Edwards used his big frame and use his body positioning to get open and make contested catches. Right. Those are the kind of guys or, I mean, for obvious point point example is Alshon Jeffrey guys getting his number retired. Is it number or Jersey
2: Jersey? Yeah. Jersey. jersey gotcha. Um, but he, he was him and Sidney rice were example, example. exhibit at
4: that. Yeah. Prime example. So, you can use your body and then use the speed that maybe those guys you know they were talented and fast but not elite world-class fastest person on planet earth fast they can use their body positioning plus that speed to make contested catches i mean no nobody in the country will be able to guard it and then that's when you have guys that have 1700 receiving yards good first round pick the nfl and all the all the good things that you want as an athlete
2: if you're Nick Harbor, you're probably keeping a close eye on guys named Xavier Leggett, Juice Wells, uh, and uh Trey Knox and and Josh Simon right now because those four have proven in their careers. Uh, Ju- juice wells made a couple of catches like that towards the end of last season. One of them I think was in the Clemson games. A matter of fact, it was outstanding. And um yeah. So if you're if you're a freshman named Nick Harbor, watch those guys. They're all pretty good. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. add that to your arsenal. And, yep. and having an that.
4: attitude and a willingness to learn from your teammates um, will help you, even in your playing career, right Watching them taking advice and being like, you know what, they do some things. I'm going to incorporate that that to my game. having that selfless attitude. Um, it just it somehow it works. you know it makes you a better person and a better player.
2: Well, you're a pretty good person yourself, Perry. Perry Orth, former quarterback at South Carolina, QB1Athletics.com. If you uh, have a young quarterback that wants to be trained in the family, maybe your neighbor's kid thinks he's good but he actually sucks, uh, you want to go to QB1Athletics.com and these guys will get him right. I'm just kidding. Well, you know, Don't tell your neighbor's son that he sucks, but if he does – uh, make sure that uh you, you head to qb1athletics.com and uh, they will train you anywhere in the state of South Carolina and it's a pretty darn elite as well and on that note we have two more of these before they actually kick the dadgum thing off we'll talk a little more Let's ball next week and then maybe start previewing the ball game uh, in a couple of Thursdays Perry before everyone makes the trip to Charlotte thank you so much as always it's always good to see you
4: dude you too brother appreciate you having me on and uh can't wait to actually start reviewing some games. It'll be fun. Uh,
2: I know that's what Demarco's saying. He's like, I just want to actually, you know, like look at the game film. Like, well,
4: yeah, that's right. Just we're getting to be able there. to go back, watch it, and
2: yep, getting close. We'll talk to you later, brother. See you. There you go, Perry Worth. Inside the playbook with Perry Worth. It is time for a timeout. Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up Show is up next. We're built by the Barn Co. Inside the Gamecocks, the show part of the Chief Sports Network. Columbia and go game pass. If you're in the real estate market in the Lowcountry or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. You hear me and see me every day here on Inside the Gamecocks, and it would be an honor to earn your business. I've been around real estate my entire life, as it's somewhat of a family business. I work with an elite team of experts from loans to insurance to closing, and they make my clients and my life very easy. It really is elite. Coast to coast realty SC.com is where you can find our staff and you can always reach out to me here as well. Go Gamecocks.
1: Coach O here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm good. Coach O, signing off. Endless summer. Go Tiger.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, here it is.
2: on this Thursday, August the 17th. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks. The show powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com where you can drink a case of beer because you can go 60 miles on one of them. And you can also go up to 28 miles per hour. Although if you're drinking beer, I would stay under 20. But ElectricBikesCharleston.com is where you can check them out and they will service you from anywhere in the wonderful, beautiful, great And now, finally, a little bit cooled down state of South Carolina. Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up show pops in. We are expecting J.C. at some point in time over the next 48 to 72 hours. Uh, He is uh, wrapping up J.C. and Morgan. Thanks to our friend Perry Orth for joining us to lead off the program. What's up, brother?
5: J.B., Phil, what's going on? It's quite the responsibility to follow up a legend like Perry Orth, but I'll do my very best. And I wanted to say this, too, because I saw J.C. on live With Mike Morgan, then, of course, you guys rocking with Perry Orth, and I want to say congratulations to you guys, and I hope people really appreciate how much time and effort goes into putting this production together, lining up guests, uh, you know, what you guys have built with Chief Sports Network and what you guys are continuing to build, obviously. The the, the success is well-deserved. I just hope people, they recognize the hard work that you guys very obviously put into it.
2: Well, thank you. You do the same thing as we all know, and Phil's the real MVP today because I doubt he was expecting uh, JC and Mike to just continue to ramble on through the eleven o'clock hour. But
5: yeah, they did. I was, did. Like, I was so. like, they're running two separate live shows right now. That's really impressive. That's very uh, impressive. So
2: that's uh, hat tip goes to a master producer in uh, Cinerama <laughs> think- Studios A. That's that would be uh, Mad Dog Mullinax. <laughs> whose hair's already falling out? You so he didn't well. have to pull it out.
3: Yeah, right. It was, it was an thank experience. God, thank God the
2: guys pulled. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>,
3: that's right. <sighs> I know.
2: Yeah, that's right. We need. Yeah, to. I
3: was already sitting down, and I have no more hair left to give. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's right.
2: It's a, he'll be drinking early today. That's for sure. Um, all right, Chris. Uh, we're we're uh, we're two weeks away from. Uh, the Gamecocks, uh, really kind of closing up shop and hitting the road for Charlotte for walkthroughs and getting ready to kick off against North Carolina. Um, we are not going to spend one second of this segment discussing what could or couldn't be, uh, based on tweets pertaining to injuries. If you're here for that, the next hour and 18 minutes are going to really bore you. Cause I ain't talking a damn word about it. Who freaking knows? They'll kick off in two weeks, and we'll find out. Mm. But thus far, uh, what has most interested you through the first couple of weeks of camp?
5: Yeah, and I'll say this, J.B. and Phil. I think the unfortunate thing about fall camp is we're all so conditioned to ignore coach speak that unfortunately, reading so far in between the lines that people drive themselves insane and looking into who's out there, who's not, injury reports, that (laughs) really is like all we kind of pay attention to, which is somewhat unfortunate because to your point, I think there are really intriguing storylines and, you know, I I just keep coming back guys at a carry on joiner and what he's going to be this year. I think he's the most fascinating player on this roster, just in my opinion. I I think he's the guy I'm most excited to watch just to see like how his role continues to evolve. And, you know, Spencer Rattler saying he's absolutely RB one. He's the guy. And, you know, we're hearing good things about other players, certainly, but just how that sort of progresses throughout the season. I mean, he's going to get the first crack at it, right? Being RB one, but, you know, is that, is that a situation in which, you know, he's going to take over and embrace the role and be the starting running back all year? Is it more of riding the hot hand running back by committee? Does, does somebody else emerge in the room and it actually becomes a really nice two or three, you know, set of backs that you rely on. So I think that's been interesting. Uh, Spencer Rattler, obviously yesterday, guys, you know, we spoke on this on my show, but you know, Rattler talking about the, there hasn't been kind of a, an adjustment period. There hasn't been growing pains. He feels like they're you know, they're really grasping the new offense and they're, there's more explosive plays than last year. And again, I, I know it's somewhat coach speak and this is best shape of your life season. So everybody's undefeated and everybody's playing well and everything. But I mean, that's that's really great, encouraging signs to hear. And, you know, I'm excited to see it. I know we're all excited to see just what takes place in a couple of weeks in Charlotte because that will obviously be the true test so you know for me guys then of course here in the defensive guys yesterday you know we'll talk about that a little bit on the show today just nicky manwari obviously really excited for he and dq smith in the season ahead i thought it was interesting the way he spoke on jalon kilgore you know that's a guy that people have raved about and obviously nick's excited about and um you know, the the Debo Williams football guy T-shirt sort of took Twitter by storm. And the, you know, I, I wake up wanting to kill mantra. So there were some things certainly, I mean, again, we read between the lines and, and there's certain tips <laughs> you can take away that go beyond the injury side of things and trying to project those things. And and I will say this too, guys, it's, it's unfortunate because here's the reality. The first day of fall camp was the last day that anybody on this roster was going to be 100%. Like to Shane Beamer's <laughs> point, It goes with any sport, too. You know this, JB, with baseball. Like, the first day of camp or the first day of practice, that's the last time all season you're going to feel 100%. You just play through it. Like, you deal with nicks, you deal with bruises, you get banged up, whatever, and and you just play through it unless it's something, obviously, that is you have to rest, you have to be sidelined. So I would say to folks, just take a step back, take a deep breath. We're almost there. We'll we'll get an actual injury report going into UNC. And, you know, if there are certain guys that – aren't on the practice field with a couple of days till kickoff, well then maybe I'm going to start to get pretty concerned. But you know, right now I would say if they're holding out guys for a day or two or a guy's in a blue Jersey, I, you know there's no point in to your point about Phil losing your hair over it i mean there's just no point in doing so so I, I, no. yeah.
2: <laughs> well there's there's not and jc jc has just popped in and and we're glad to, that we're glad to have him up, this, morning, uh, this <laughs> morning on jc and morgan uh, i i mentioned this earlier with Perry Chris and and i i'm actually a little bit surprised that this quote has not received more attention mm-hmm. um than it has uh, this is from uh, alex jones's reporting on the com, but Uh, Spencer Rattler, uh, when asked on what he wanted to improve on heading into the season, he said, just working everything with my game, I feel like mechanically I'm sound. Just obviously consistency with protecting the ball. That was probably the number one thing. Other than that, I'm going to play my game, and then this is it. I trust in what Dowell is doing. This offense suits me a lot better. I'm enjoying it a lot. You know, and, you know, coming in... that's... when he came to – yeah I, I think it sells a lot but look we got you got to go back right because when he came in what was this whole the the fan base the country everything was sold this big bag of goods uh and i'm not saying that it was by coach beamer that's not what i'm that's, that's not what i'm getting at here but uh, he's going to come in and he's going to learn this pro style offense that's what's really going to get him to the nfl well <laughs> I don't need to say anymore. And now you have a guy, you know, who actually ran a pro-style offense in, you know, the NFL. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, this – oh, so this is what – it. I feel like he's saying, like, I think this is what I was supposed to be getting myself into when I got here last year.
1: I'll get Chris's take on this in a second. I'm going to use an example from the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. And everybody's like, oh, my God, JC just compared Carolina's offense to the Chiefs. No, I didn't. All right, when Patrick Mahomes came in, he's an air raid guy. You know, air raid is kind of a high school offense. It's easy to learn. Uh, it's fun to watch, quarterback-friendly, whatever. Um, and so he had a big learning curve. And what Andy Reid and all of his genius, because he is a genius, cuckoo uh he decided to adapt that to the pro game. And what you watch the Chiefs, it's a, it is a pro-style offense. They have to – have the nuance and stuff to to compete. Um, But there's a lot of concepts that he's begged, borrowed, and stealed from Mike Leach and other folks. And uh, I I think you'd be lying to say that that that's not a fun offense to watch. And it is a pro-style system. Uh, What the other guy tried to do is emulate the Rams. It's also a nice system, Sean McVay, right? But you you read anything about the Rams' offense – uh, and they actually go out as an organization. And like, so they only sign receivers that could block. If you can't block as a receiver, you don't play for the Rams. They'll trade you. <laughs> uh, they they have, they put heavy, heavy emphasis on big athletic offensive linemen. All right. So South Carolina didn't have either one of those things. And, uh, and, and it just didn't fit the personnel. So, Uh, I think a a lot of what Dowell is going to do is, is yes, it's still a pro-style offense. It's still not an air raid. It's still preparing Spencer for the NFL. But it's much more conducive to being successful in games uh, at the collegiate level because it's not, you know, as complex and mind-boggling. And and the guy calling it's going to know that this year, too, I think.
5: Yeah, I mean, I I would say this guy's – again, of course, I'm not an offensive coordinator, but, you know, knowing a pro-style offense. You know what gets you drafted? Stats. Like, if you can't put up stats, I don't really care what any of it means. And so, to your point, JB, about Dowell Loggins, it, it's just – yeah, I mean, they they obviously overthought things. It was way too complex. It was – I mean, you could just literally see the gears turning in person. I mean, I'll just never forget being at that freaking Mizzou game and just watching it. And, and it was like watching paint dry and the check with me thing and just – Spencer Rattler, like he was running through mud, and the entire offense looking that way. And it's like you knew there were talented players out there, and the whole deal with this guy's going to tw- touch it twenty times, and he touches it zero. I mean, there there were just mind boggling things that were taking place. So I feel confident in saying that that's going to go away. And I think Shane Beamer and company, and you you have to think they all learned from that experience. You know, it, label it how you want. Those first two years, as long as you're able to pick up and learn from that. You're okay, and I like to believe they did, and I think that's what Dabble Loggins, I mean, they've been saying all the right things since the jump, and I think that's what they're going to bring. I think they're going to play fast and free, and it doesn't mean they're going to play mistake-free football. I mean, I think Spencer Rattler, he acknowledges, I'm going to play my game. Well, his game's being a gunslinger, and sometimes his game is trusting his arm, and sometimes it gets him in trouble, but like you have to let him play free and do his thing because a lot of times – it's going to result in a 72-yard touchdown pass to Juice Wells, or it's going to result in, you know, him putting his shoulder down and trucking a guy for a touchdown or throwing a great fourth down, you know, throw in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. So you got to roll the dice and let him play free and let him play loose and let him do his thing. And if the pieces around him work out, I have no doubt Spencer Rattler is going to have his best collegiate season. I really do. So again, it doesn't mean he's going to be mistake free, but it definitely sounds great that Davill Loggins and company are committed to Hey, K I S S. Keep it simple, stupid. Just let the guys go play. Get it to your playmakers. It feels very no dub, but apparently for the previous guy, it it, it wasn't so simple. So you know, we'll, we'll see how they're able to do that.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued, and, and and I I also think that the NFL we just just spent a whole thing segment on this with Perry Orth about you know how you get the ball downfield and last year you know jc just mentioned receivers blocking and this that and the other and and that seemed to be what the offense was throw it around the line of scrimmage let them clear the lane use your feet and go and this guy's going to probably throw the football downfield and i think it's also going to ease the concerns with the running back room because in the nfl it's not like the old days where you take your your first pick or in your first couple of picks take a running back you now take them in the fourth fifth sixth round And you let the offense become the machine for the running back to work with. Um, What about on both sides of the football? And as I know, we got to get you out of here in the next couple of minutes here. um, But uh, what about a couple of guys? If you want to name one on each side, that'd be great. uh, That maybe are a little under the radar at this point in time, or maybe not being talked about enough, at least in your mind, or. The flip side of that, that you've heard enough about them to think, okay, this guy is going to have a good year while we're all focused on these other ones.
5: I would say on the offensive side, guys, Nick Gargiulo is a player from Yale that I know we were really high that. on and he came in spring and, and, you know, nice addition from Yale was a captain there. But, like, continuing to hear these players rant and rave over him. And when you hear a guy like Sidney Fugar go on record and say, this guy's the heart and soul of our offensive line, it's like – he wasn't here, you know, a year ago. Like he just got here pretty recently. So to fill into that role and be that type of leader, that it's it's one thing coming from the coaches, right? And you know this JBJC and Phil and like you've been on teams and stuff. It's one thing for coaches to say, "Hey, that guy's a leader. He's this. He's that." When you got your teammates saying that, that that's a completely different ball game. So I'm excited to see how Nick Gargiulo leads the offensive line, and because I think that for the offensive line, if they're if they're going to surprise and take that step forward with all due respect to the guys who have been here for a while, I think a lot of it, it will come down to guys, these newcomers, like Nick Gargiulo, Sidney Fugar, Jackson Hughes, Ne maybe some others that fit, maybe Markey Anderson and Trovon bow, but it, it's going to come down to some newcomers. I think giving that line kind of a boost because you know, some of these guys, again, all due respect, you've been here three, four, five years. You maybe sort of just are what you are, but these new guys can give you that boost, and when you hear a guy, again, the heart and soul of the offensive line, and leader, and Spencer Rattler's talking about him He's pancaking guys. He's everything you want to know, lineman. You know, th- th- that's a really encouraging sign. I mean, that's just great to here to know that South Carolina, you know what, it may be a struggle. It may be a work in progress, but they're going to have a guy in Garjulo that's going to say, hey, he's going to be able to rally the troops, get them together, and you think band together, and hopefully play their best football. On the defensive side, um, I, I you know, I, I, loved what I heard from Debo Williams, I, I will say. I, I love what I heard from him at the linebacker position, just that mentality. Also, this stood out to me, guys, and we're going to talk about this again today on our show, but I loved hearing Debo Williams with the self-awareness of he's a veteran, and he said, I want to be the smartest football player I can be. And it's like, you know what? Maybe you don't have the ceiling of a Pup Howard or the ceiling of a Mo Caba, and I'm certainly not taken away from Debo. But maybe you don't have that ceiling, but you know what you can do. You can control your effort. You can control your film study. You can control your mind, and so you know using that to elevate your game. I, I just thought that was, I I thought that was really encouraging to hear. Like that that level of self awareness, right? To be like, hey, I just want to be the smartest football player I can be. I can make a positive impact for this team. Obviously, he's going to fly around, make plays. He talked about that killer instinct, that killer mentality. But that that really jumped off the page to me, and then. You know, of course, guys, when you hear Nicky and Worry speak, talk about, you know, he's a, he's a freak of nature and everything. And, like, you love the confidence. And he and D.Q. Smith, I mean, I think they have a lot of reason to be very, very confident and excited to watch those guys and sort of what they have to follow up, you know, stellar freshman campaigns. But, you know, again, you read between the lines, there's definitely been things that jumped out. But that, that's definitely been a few for me that uh, really have caught my eye.
2: Debo Williams has, in my opinion, a lot of Shaq Wilson in him. If he does this year, that's a pretty good sign for him personally and the rest of the group. Go ahead, JC.
1: Uh, I think he's got a little Shannon Wadley in him, too, when he gets a clear shot at you.
2: Body bag Williams. Body, Body bag Debo. D-bo Body Williams. bag Debo. My bite, fool. to
1: make. A it. New, there's
2: a new Debo in town. What you
1: got on my drink, Smokey.
2: <laughs> I got $20. All right, man. Chris, we'll let you out of here on that note. We're getting close, man. Hang in there. Uh, you will be in Montana next week. Correct? Yeah,
5: I'll be in Montana, man. I'm excited. I uh, Looking forward to... Getting some R&R, and we're you know going to put a pin in the preseason content tomorrow, which uh, I'm really excited about. It's been a fun preseason, but excited to put that behind us. Again, take that R&R. We'll still be dropping podcasts, and, of course, we'll be active, so nobody fret there, but won't be live for the week, won't be with you guys. But, uh, man, I, I just can't nah. even put into words how excited I am for game week
2: get away from it you will you will fall in love it is unbelievable yeah, first time, out first
5: there. time so i'm looking for uh, we we confirm by the way this morning the trip to uh yellowstone so we're going out there yes. for a day it's yeah, it's going to be a good time. So Dude, you'll, hey, have, you'll have plenty of pictures. Plenty of R- pictures.
2: R- remember, I said this: you see nothing, but you see everything. You'll know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about uh, when you're traveling those roads that speed limits are 80 miles an hour, and you're like, yeah, "I can go 100." <laughs> There's nobody out here. Yeah. It's awesome. Have a safe trip. Have a blast. We'll see you uh, when it's time to start previewing the
5: Carolina versus North Carolina game. I love it. JC, JB, Phil, appreciate you guys. We'll talk soon. Thanks, man. There you go. Thanks,
2: Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up Show. Got to step aside for a break because Mike Morgan is going to give us another hour worth of programming today. So, I haven't
1: seen Mike in a long time.
2: Yeah, he's, you know, uh, filling his time with, uh, with this. And we're happy to have him. Power Hour presented by Palmetto Medicare. We are teed up by travelingcountryclub.com and built by the BarndoCo Co. Inside the Gamecocks. We'll be right back. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn (laughs) Dough Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated.
1: Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Maness, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
3: Hey everybody, this is Mo Koppel from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox.
2: 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com
4: com.
2: Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet-style. In seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well nanasporch.com find them on facebook twitter and instagram 336-259-7550
5: If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in a plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs
4: today. (laughs) RUN! <laughs>
3: Yeah, man. Hour number two, rolling right, right along today. Yeah, I. But uh, there's only one podcast going on right now. Well, <laughs> uh, well,
2: there is no. This is not a podcast. There's only one program. No, that's true. Going on it's right a now. It's a I have to. I have to reprogram all trouble. of you. I heard JC rumble rambling on about that earlier this morning.
1: I said podcast and I can't. I can't. I didn't say it, but once. I, and I caught and I thought about it. Sounded it.
3: like a hundred times to me. I've been doing well to not do that.
1: It's a, you yeah. have.
3: You've been
2: You cannot be criticized today. You have kept the train on the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody I, messes I, with I, Mad Dog, it's over.
1: I, I didn't even know that Chief App was capable of, of doing two shows at once. And and it but it pulled it off miraculously. I kind of felt like that guy that built the sub to the Titanic, honestly, when that happened. Because uh, oh, that's I, what I felt al- like. When although was, Jamie did, lock, did build that, Jamie like built the app. <laughs> Jamie built the app, but this was like uncharted waters. I was like, oh snap!
3: But hey, I was like, there are so many moving pieces here that have to work for this to yeah. work. And, and it this, was. Good. Like, I hit go live on Inside the Gamecocks. I'm like, well, it's now or never. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> If it but by the I way, it, you how interesting it is to have two podcasts simultaneously in your ears at the same time <laughs> and trying to do wow. all that because there is what I did find out is there's no way to actually turn one of them off without turning them both off.
1: Oh my yeah. god,
3: yeah! So that's what was going on with me <laughs> for 25 minutes, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm so sorry, it's in the fun. Future, nah, y'all are dead, man. It's like well, it, it was. It was an experience, one that, you know We I've have uh
2: with. technical upgrades coming soon where you'll be able to have two screens and you can, you know, that's just it's it's just coming soon. So uh just just hang in there. Uh twelve oh four here on this Thursday, August seventeenth, painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something dot com. Hello to Tristan and his a Beautiful bride and their wonderful family, and uh, if you would like to join them as part of their team, you can do that by heading to LetMePaintSomething.com. They need painters. That means they're busy. They're busy because they're excellent. They're excellent because they're well-priced. They're well-priced because they're smart. They're smart because they're Gamecocks. com, where you can find the best painters in the dadgum state of South Carolina and what they call the Peach State, although... Georgia only produces 5% of the nation's peaches, and South Carolina produces 12 So take that, Georgia. South Carolina should be the peach state and the Palmetto state, and you should be nothing. But we'll leave that for another day.
3: All right. Um, uh, yeah. Sorry. Nope. No, add,
1: there's, there's some direct questions for yours truly over here. <laughs> Clint says, well, there'll be any merchandise for sale at the tailgate. No, we're not selling anything at the tailgate. Oh, it's a tailgate. It's, 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 a, it's a give back. Uh, plus, I think it's against the rules. There's no vending, per se, in terms of selling things for cash. And But we'll have a lot of giveaways. Uh, Clint, if you have something specific you have your eye on, just <laughs> so shoot me an email. I'll, I'll see if I have it in stock, and I'll bring it there for you specifically, since you're such a, a tremendous part of our show and, and my message board and all that. Marion says, are you going to be in Columbia throughout the season? Yes, not every single waking moment, but a lot. Uh, I don't, high speed. I don't know what JC at RGF means. Uh, also, uh, did you guys touch on Mark Kingston earlier? No. Uh, there's a board of trustees meeting. Looks like he's getting a new contract coming up. Uh, that was out. Um, David Cloninger reported that. Yeah. So, by the way, by the way, I talked to David yesterday for an article he's doing on NIL that I want you all to read on Saturday in the Charleston Post and Courier uh, to kind of shed some light on that topic. So it's uh, always good to catch up with old Dave. He's a, he's something else. So, uh, it was good to talk to him. So anyway, that's all I had to say about that.
3: Man, yeah. Happy birthday. 76 caught that. Oh, yeah. Amen.
1: Happy birthday. 76 Joe.
2: Yeah, happy absolutely. Birthday. I meant to yeah. mention that earlier. I saw that happy. How, how old are you? 76. Come on. Tell us. Don't he be. says
1: he has a circle and a frozen screen. So mm. does Craig.
2: <laughs> well, we
1: waited. We waited on the birthday shout out till he couldn't hear us. That's, that's crazy. No, no.
3: That well, would, uh, Mike Morgan, and would... now maybe everybody's screen will act right now that we've got a, a broadcast professional in our midst.
2: That would be, uh, if there is an issue going on there, which I, we can probably check into that a little bit, that would probably not be on our end. We would know. It,
0: it, it yeah, is I'm not. Getting, it, I'm clear.
1: I'm clear right yeah. now. With I'm clear.
0: So. clear. Clear. Two thumbs up here.
2: Did you did you grab yourself a, a a bourbon or something between programs, Mike?
0: No, that was last night. Uh, <laughs> between between programs, I just I go back to the locker room. Uh, I get down on one knee. I I collect my thoughts, uh, evaluate how things went on JC and Morgan, and then uh, clean whatever is in my palette from the last show and start fresh here because we don't know where this show is going to go. It can be a completely different spot. I just don't know what you guys have cooked up. Um well, really not much. I mean, there's nothing Okay, well, good everybody. Out, so. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> There, there you have it, folks. He's not the best cover man in the league for nothing. <laughs> you know that broadcasting school is really paying off. <laughs> That's what I when I did when I did the show. Um, so when I when I switched from quick quick story, I always I always try to bring a little little anecdote uh, to the program before we dive deep into whatever you guys want to dive deep into. Um, go back to two thousand two. 2002. I am working uh, for Clear Channel, which was the behemoth in sports radio nationwide. And in Columbia, we had the the only sports talk station, and and our afternoon show was number one. We were doing really well, and I was doing Gamecock baseball, and life was good. And we had just come back. No, I remember I was broadcast. I was calling the second game against Clemson with a uh, a win gets you into the title game against Texas. Back then it was one game, not a series. Mm-hmm. And back then the communication between me and in this case, Omaha or wherever it happened to be. And the, the producer, the board ops back in Columbia, it was just that it was back in Columbia. So I dealt with people at the radio station, not somebody in Winston Salem, like they do now with all the Learfield schools. Yeah. And uh, I remember it's like the seventh inning and Carolina's up and life is good and a, a championship game is about to happen and I'm all joyous. And our top sales guy, uh, let's just say his name is Greg, pops out of the microphone in the commercial break and says, hey, Mike, we just lost the Gamecocks. Um, I don't know what's going on. Good, good luck the rest of the way. And I, I was like, excuse me? It, it, it. The word had circulated that that company and five sixty WVOC, which had been the home of the Gamecocks for nearly a half a century, had just lost the rights to another company called at the time Citadel, mm-hmm. which is now a different name altogether. And they didn't have a sports station, so therefore they didn't have a sports show. They had a light music station, an oldie station. And a news talk station on a weaker signal. And that's where I was going to be asked to move to if I wanted to keep calling Gamecock games. So I had a really successful sports talk show that I really enjoyed doing on an all sports station. And it was the perfect synergy to have that as well as VOC and have, you know, we, we just had a really good thing going. Well, then all of a sudden, um, I get back. We. We get off the bus. We don't go back to um, wherever we're supposed to. We we, we land the plane. Uh, the bus goes straight to the Sarge, and there's a welcoming committee for the team. And all the players go up to the microphone. And they say, well, was it, you know, we fell just short of the Natty, but we beat Clemson twice in Omaha. We won the SEC. Like, it was an incredible year. And I'm sitting there going, "Where?" what am I doing? Am I no longer with this station? And basically it was told to me, well, if you want to keep doing Gamecock games, you've got to change companies. So my show wound up going to the other company, which eventually, after much uh, uh, begging and pleading by people like me to actually have an all-sports station as opposed to having, say, Gamecock football follow Celine Dion on a light music channel, Gamecock basketball follow uh, a random oldies tune in the middle of the night on an oldies channel and Gamecock baseball on a station that people couldn't hear at night. That was the, that was the, the, the move. That was the new format. And um, so I, I, wound up moving cause I didn't want to give up Gamecock games ever. And, and then uh, we, we, we launched uh, 107.5 and my first, but my first partner 1075 it was it was people different people my first partner at the new building was jay phillips and i didn't know jay from adam mm-hmm. jay's background was in news primarily and and i didn't so when we first started doing the show i would say something and and he would say something that wouldn't necessarily uh fit and i would just i'd had the drop he's not the best cover man in the league for nothing folks um and we we had a lot of i mean jay had a good sense of humor about it i think and and we we, but but those were you know as you guys know anytime you're doing whether it's a show like this or whether it's calling games i mean uh chemistry and synergy are very important they don't always happen right away they don't sometimes it never happen at all and uh and so when you're taken out of your comfort zone and then you're like thrown a new partner and you've never seen him or heard of him or anything, and you know, that's the that just that stuff happens sometimes. But uh that's what made me think of that. The he's not the best color band of the league for nothing, but we, <laughs> we we got a lot of mileage out of that cut. Got a lot of mileage out of Bob Euchre.
2: Well, he Bob Euchre and in, in in the industry that we're in provided more lines. Than
0: any other movie oh. ever. He was Seriously. so good in that movie. And all those lines are written by him, every one of them. They said carte blanche, Bob, you're the baseball broadcaster. You come up with the funny lines. And everyone, just a bit outside, he tried the corner and missed. Everyone <laughs> that he threw out there, um, <laughs> the Indians suffering from propeller lag, everything <laughs> he said. It's like Dangerfield and Caddyshack. It's just like boom, 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 one after the other. All of them just home runs. All of them just, just knocking it out of the park. And without that, the movie's good without Euchre, but it's not great without Euchre. They, yeah. that Euchre Euchre is the the magic with that with that film, no doubt. Yeah, he uh Yeah.
2: And he's an excellent broadcaster. T- By the way, Mike I and mean, I do want to talk to, about about the Gamecocks and the SEC. Uh, so we'll get into that. But just sure. curious, what did you think about? I think his name's Kevin Brown, the play-by-play guy for the Orioles, getting suspended.
0: I, I thought it was embarrassing for the Orioles. Now, you know the 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 wild card in something like that is always well. Is there anything that um, led up to it? You know. Were there other situations? I don't know Kevin that well. I, I know him; I've met him, but I don't know him that well. I know Ben McDonald extremely well because I worked with him for sure uh, ten years, give or take. And and he's kind of a part-time analyst for them. Mm-hmm. And I was tempted to call Ben and go, "Come on, man, what's the real scoop on this?" But I didn't want to put him in a tough spot because I know how that is when you're doing games for a team you you know you're you can be at the mercy of somebody who is completely irrational, unqualified, um, unprofessional, doesn't get it. all of those things can apply because at the end of the day, if they sign the check, then that's it. And if you've got a, an owner who didn't have a great rep to begin with, and that owner, wants to um just sugarcoat everything and is hypersensitive about everything. you're at the you're at his mercy. so then he has to go on air and and do like a hostage video apology, which you know deep down, he's thinking, I don't believe in any of this. I didn't do anything wrong. and everybody in my industry has told me I didn't do anything wrong. But if he wants to keep that job, he was clearly told you need to do this. And so that just brings more attention to it. Uh and it becomes really more and more of an embarrassment. So I thought I thought the whole thing was embarrassing. It was beyond embarrassing. Uh if I was
2: him, I'd quit at the end of the year. I'd get you say that,
0: Jamie. You say that, Jamie, but I'll tell you this there's only 30 major league jobs. And and you know, he may never get that opportunity again. So it's like you do want to quit on principle. But I, you know, he's he's got a family, and and maybe he maybe he just doesn't feel that that's the way to go. Yeah, I, I, I don't
2: know. It was uh, I, I thought I remember reading uh, when that happened. Well, I saw a tweet. I think it was from awful, awful announcing, and it was like, "Here is the clip that got him suspended." And so I watched the clip, and then it ended, and I thought to myself, maybe they posted the wrong clip. You know, like that. he didn't – there was nothing that was said in there that he should be suspended for. So let me go back and listen again. Maybe it'll play longer. I I don't know. Obviously, I'm missing something. No, he just stated facts. I mean –
0: Nope. Actually, they were really good Well, yeah, and it's facts that, in in all honesty, he didn't come up with. I guarantee you he got those from the game notes. You know, play-by-play guys don't sit there – with a calculator all night and, and come up with it, you, you read, you digest. And I think one of the underrated skills and, quite frankly, uh, most incorrectly used skills is being able to just not regurgitate a bunch of things you read in the game notes. You have to decipher what's relevant and what's not relevant. You have to know what statistic actually means something versus what statistic is just minutiae and too often i hear announcers regurgitating what they read and they're reading stuff and it doesn't it does i don't become any wiser or or more knowledgeable based on what you just told me all you just told me is something you saw on page 17 and it didn't really help
2: me right
0: well that's why uh that's why you're the pro
2: we ask you the the tough questions here and uh and uh, that was glad, you know Glad you entered it because I I don't understand what the hell that was all about. You're not alone. You are yeah, not alone. Nobody, nobody understood it. All right, um, I tell you what, Mike. Let's just step. Aside. It's right at twelve twenty. So let's go ahead and take a break, and then when we return, we'll get into some football regarding the South Carolina Gamecocks and the rest of the SEC. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Signorama Studios. We'll be right back. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina electric bikes of charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels magnum velatric event bikes and more and they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBytesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bites of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Electric Bites of Charleston! Electric Bites of Charleston! Electric Bites of Charleston! Electric
4: Bites of Charleston! Electric Bites of Charleston! Electric
2: 72. There you go. Everything should be working fine now, everybody. Yeah. That's,
3: that's, that's, yeah. They're trying
2: my patience today. Yeah. But it's, uh, the nature of the beast sometimes. It is what it is. And Mike, Mike Morgan will tell you, even as a national broadcaster, things happen.
1: What happened?
2: And uh, you Something. worked through it.
1: It's a YouTube nah, server. Apparently, issue. there were
2: some issues.
1: Yeah. And, and 76, look, I know it's your birthday. Yeah. Uh, that little smart ass comment about the advertising is working, whatever. This is a YouTube situation. So you can either deal with that and accept that or leave. I don't care. Uh, I'm sitting there watching the chat box. There's absolutely nothing we can do about it. We don't have anything on our end that's bad. Uh, and you guys you are supposed to be our fans. You're sitting there giving us the business about something that's out of our control. I'm, I'm sick of it. Come I mean, don't be so sensitive, man. Happy birthday. <laughs>
3: Happy birthday. That's how all that started. I wished him a happy birthday. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, we are way saying. Way to go, oh, Bill. <laughs> yeah, that's right. so I sad. mean,
1: I'm sorry. I, I can't People take it anymore. Kill. I no. mean, it's like we intentionally were like, we're not going to let you hear any of the good stuff. But the ads. Yeah, oh. we're, we're going to throw the ads at you in on purpose. Like we're sitting here pushing these buttons. We want you <laughs> to hear us. Uh, you that's know, right. you,
3: and in the background, you, just sitting the ads, it's,
1: it's a right. YouTube server issue. You want me to call what's the guy's name that runs Google? You want me to call him? Hey, get, the good I, news
0: is I know if you're miss- in, in,
1: yeah, if you, if you, miss- you, listen, you can
0: go back and listen. You can
1: go back and listen because we had no, there's no recording. Sometimes when we have issues on our end, that, that affects the recording of the show. You can go back and listen at any time. We were fine, uh, but I mean, you want to call the Google guy, he's probably sitting on a beach in Bali somewhere, <laughs> sipping a Mai Tai. <laughs> <laughs> with with partial nudity all around him, eating fruit, and he's gonna be like, "Oh, I'll get right on that, Mister Sherbert." <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh,
1: <laughs> and what? It, it, you know, it, it wasn't the complaints. I understand when you complain. It was the ad comment that set me off there. Like, like we're intentionally serving you the ads, but not actually. We content. are. You know, I, I just. uh, uh you know, anyway, yeah. I don't know if you were joking, 76. Happy birthday.
2: It's get, all good. It's sometimes all, you get a little sensitive, man. It
1: seems like you get we're a little sensitive. it up a little bit, man. Come on. We're
0: all family here.
2: Mike, right. the, the, here we go. The, you the, can the, rally. Mike, we are two weeks away from the Florida Gators taking the field in the great state of Utah against the Utes. Uh, it is, according to the preseason top 25 rankings, one – of five ranked opponents that are on their schedule. And um, it is uh, one of two ranked opponents that they're on the road against, at least as the preseason rankings portray at this point in time. The other is LSU in November. They did that right. I'd rather be in Utah in August in Baton Rouge in November if you are playing football for the Florida Gators. That's for sure. Um. But as it looks today, when you, when you take a peek at what the Gators have and you go, okay, you got Florida, you got Utah, which I don't know a lot about them, but they're ranked in the top 15. Um, you've got uh, the Vols, and they've got that game at home on uh, Saturday night on ESPN, September the 16th. They've got Georgia and Jacksonville, we all know. they got to go to Baton Rouge, we all know what that's like. And then, of course, they got Florida State, and that game's in the swamp as well from the outside looking in before the season starts, Mike, that's five losses, but it doesn't always work like that. And we know that, and this is Florida. And we also know that Florida has recruited incredibly well every single year. Doesn't mean they've won every year, but they've recruited incredibly well. Florida to me, in my it seems like the wild card of the sec East. In my opinion, I think, that the the SEC East, there's a lot of blue-collar programs trying to, quote-unquote, take the step, right? South Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt feels like they, their hat should be in the mix. And then there's Florida, who's supposed to be elite every year, but they ha- really, if you go back over the last 10 years, they have not been consistently elite at all, as a matter of fact. But if they no. could put it together, they're, they are the team, in my opinion, that can reorganize the East when all these other programs are trying to get up there in that second or third spot.
0: Well, to your original point, I, I think there are multiple wild card teams in the East because it's like Georgia up top, and then it's Vanderbilt at the bottom with Missouri, I don't think, too far behind or in front of, I guess I should say. And then it's two through five. Tennessee, Carolina, Florida, Kentucky. If I were to pick the biggest wild card, I actually think it's Kentucky. I don't think Florida's very good. I mean, you could make really. Murch- yeah, you could make the case of Graham Merch as the 14th out of 14 quarterbacks in this league. I don't like it. No, I agree with that. You know, I, I mean, I, I just so like if you're playing, this is what's going to come up at some point. Um, if you're playing against Florida. Who do you fear? There's no Kyle Pitts. There's no blue chip wide out. I mean, their best wide receiver last year was a a transfer from Arizona State, kind of a a scrappy kid. Um, And your your quarterback is a guy that didn't do a heck of a lot at Wisconsin before he transferred. You know, in time, these recruiting wins that they're having right now might start to get Florida back to relevance, but I don't see it this year. I, 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 I I just look at a a team and a program that is still spinning its wheels. And look, if they put, if they roll up another six and seven and have another embarrassing loss, like they did a year ago to Vanderbilt, no one's going to fire Billy Napier after two years, nor should they, but I'm telling you right now, it's going to get toxic there in a hurry just like it didn't take long for the love affair with Dan Mullen to turn toxic like that. The the expectations of that fan base, we talked uh, Tuesday about that documentary It's coming out. I think it's called Swamp Gators. It's, it's going to be Swamp all Kings. negative. Swamp Kings, yeah. It's going to be all negative for obvious reasons, but but keep in mind that there were two national championships during that time frame under Urban, and then there were even two trips to the SEC championship game under Coaches like McElwain and, and others, and, and Dan Mullen uh, made it to Atlanta once. So they have an expectation level there that I don't think is going to be met this year at all. I don't think they're in the class of Georgia, Tennessee. I think they're just trying to say, can we separate ourselves from Kentucky and South Carolina and Missouri? And they did lose to Vanderbilt. So, I, yeah, I, I, to me – a good seat, a really good season in Gainesville this year is seven wins. A really good season. Wow, in, in, in
2: I, I don't, so. I don't disagree with that. I'm trying to figure out why is there, and I'm not talking about the AP necessarily. I mean, I will lump them in, but the AP and the coaches, they all have them just outside of the top twenty five to start the year. What, why? Well,
1: they're Florida. Yeah, I yeah, honestly
3: I don't. Brown.
0: Well, I mean. And I, I honestly, I spent like literally five minutes on both polls combined because sure. I I I don't you know I get it. But when you start getting to like who's twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, you're just you're grasping, right? And I realize that's where Carolina is right now, right? Mm-hmm. Right around that right around that area. I mean, the, the people that vote on those polls, they're, you're just grasping. And there's there's not I talked about this last time. There's not a huge difference between the 15th best team in the country and the 35th best team in the country. So I, I don't know how where Florida fits and all that. I just I just look at it and I'm I'm keeping it. For, they could easily lose at Utah in on a, thir, a Thursday night game, just like they almost lost it at home. Now Cam Rising, are we? He's, a, he's, up, he?
1: He, he's banged up, but the guy, the third, and the, and the backup's out with a catastrophic yeah, exactly. injury. But right. I'm, I was, I just looked this up. Uh, Brandon Barnes, Bryson, sorry, Bryson Barnes, uh, is their guy that they've been repping. And he came into the Rose Bowl against Ohio State two years ago and lit him up through a miraculous touchdown pass late okay. to tie the game. So he, it's not like he's never been on the big stage before.
0: I mean, uh, rising is special, though. Like, that would be yeah, a big that's loss.
1: A, that's a loss. I and mean, against the Gator defense, Mike, I'm sitting here looking at their depth chart, and I, I do think on defense they don't have a lot of depth, and they lost some guys. An up front, uh, Justice Boone, who was supposed to start for them, is out already for the year. He's a South Carolina kid from Sumter, uh, so I'm pretty familiar with him. Uh, the the, 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 the D-line is probably not Florida level like you'd think. Uh, they got some good recruits coming in. They're probably going to have to rely on some young players. I do like their linebackers, though. Triada Mitchell's coming in from Ohio State. Shamar James is a big-time recruit at the Will linebacker spot. Um, You know, I like their secondary uh, a bit. You know, Jalen Kimber was at Georgia, and he's starting at one corner. Jason Marshall at the other. Kamari Wilson's a known guy. Uh, And then at running back, you know, I think on offense, the the Gators are going to be – and that fan base, as you know, Mike, does not like this. They do not like hearing – we're going to run and play defense and punt and play field position. Right, right. <laughs> and, and that's what they're going to have to do and be very uh, – Graham, Graham Mertz does not suck. Graham Mertz has just not been good as good as people thought during his mm-hmm. career. Uh, he, he, you know, at the same time, Florida is not talented enough on the perimeter outside of Pearsall, the Arizona State guy that you mentioned, to, to say, well, he can just be a game manager. I mean, you, in this game nowadays, you're going to have to throw the ball. And they're not good enough up front to just line up and pound you with with what That's I right. think's a lot of good. I mean, they have really good backs. Montrell Johnson's really good back. Trevor Etienne, Travis's brother, really good back. Trae.
0: Can not we say uh, that about almost you know, every team in the in the league? JC, like probably. What, what, yeah. You know what SEC team doesn't have at least one good back? Right. Uh, well,
1: <laughs> South Carolina does not have. have I
2: don't
0: yeah, agree with that, that
1: though. Not proven, I'm not saying not they don't have one good back. Yeah, I'm saying they don't have a proven back, right? They don't uh, have, prove they
0: don't have a proven back. Chance. That's different. Yeah. Right? different but, but yeah. I mean, they have guys who have that that have some stars next to their name that sure, have some yeah. height, weight, speed, all that. Like, in other words, you're either like a game-changing back. You know, you're a Saquon Barkley type. You're a uh, Bijan Robinson type, or you know, you're that next-level guy. Who's solid, and if you give him enough carries, he might he might flirt with a thousand. I don't think we've had a two thousand yard rusher since twenty nineteen. That year we had four of them. Just goes to show you again the 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 changing of philosophy on how you win championships at this level. It's not just ground and pound anymore. If it was, Wisconsin be sitting on about five natties. Instead, they're they're revamped their whole deal and just brought in Phil Longo to run their offense. So, uh, but to, 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 circle back, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not banging on Graham Mertz. He He's fine, but like Kentucky gets Devin Leary. Like that's a guy that already proved yeah. two years ago that can be like an elite quarterback. You, you know, South Carolina gets Spencer Rattler two, two years ago. You look at the transfer quarterbacks in this league and Florida landed on Graham Mertz. So there's a lot of people going, okay Billy, you were brought in number one recruiting has got to be better. And he's already JC, I don't know where they ranked. Top top 5 for the next year's class, is that about right?
1: Yeah, yeah they're they're top. 10. Right. They're they're yeah. number 3 right now actually.
0: Okay, so so, so top 5. So I mean, that's so that'll get everybody excited about the future, but in terms of what they've brought in right now, and maybe you say, "Well, that's why they hire Billy Napier too, because he's a winner. Look what he did at Louisiana. Um, mm-hmm. This ain't the Sun Belt, and last year they went six and seven with disappointing losses to teams like Vanderbilt. If they don't pull the rabbit out of the hat against Utah, and Cam Rising doesn't throw that late pick, you're talking about a a, a five and eight campaign. Five, no, five and seven, they wouldn't be in a bowl. But well, I mean, true. they wouldn't be in a bowl. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, but but be you're they got bowl, you, They got blown out in their bowl game.
2: You've also got an optics issue for Florida and with with two teams in particular uh, because of what's happened the last couple of years, Tennessee and Kentucky, because they have not lost back to back games against Tennessee since the Zook era, and they've not lost. If they lose to Kentucky, they have that would be three in a row. You realize that, right? That ain't like that's not. Regardless of if they up if they go to Utah and win at Utah, they don't care. In Florida, they they'll care to a point, but it doesn't matter if you get beat for the third straight year by Kentucky, like yeah. another program I know had. You know the Gamecocks. Kentucky right. has quietly come out of the woodworks and stationed themselves as a contender, at least at least in a above average good program in the SEC East. It's not a bottom feeder anymore. Let's put it that way. So. I mean, you've got that. I don't think Vanderbilt will beat him twice or beat him again. But if you do, you're talking about two straight oh. years of Vanderbilt. If you My, do, I mean, you pack the suitcase. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, <laughs> You Mike. get like, out
0: of town. You like like cannot do that.
2: It's, it is, a, it is I, I, I agree. We've talked to enough head coaches. All of us collectively have over the years. I have a – regardless of what fans want to think or say and, and what mud they want to throw at the wall about how much money these guys make and this that, and the other – no, I do understand it because I've got children too. Like these are human beings. I hate talking about coaches getting fired going into the, well, if he does this, they're going to fire him, get rid of his ass, yada, yada, yada. I hate those conversations. And, and I agree yes. when, they back on, when they push back on people going, we have lives, that's enough of it. At the same time, just talking about this situation specifically for Billy Napier here, Mike, you have, I didn't, I'm bringing Vanderbilt into the fold now. Even think about it when I started the conversation or the monologue, you have three teams that you will have losing streaks against Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Tennessee. If you get beat by all of them this
0: year, yeah. don't care what else happens. They ain't going to put up with that. Well, no, I mean, they're still trying to calibrate. How did we lose dominance against Georgia? Like, how did that happen? Right. How did Florida yeah. go from being the predominant program in the Eastern division and they're looking at Georgia, and they're not even in the same class as Georgia. I mean, I'm not sure anybody is in the East, but we'll, we'll see what Tennessee does this year. I think this is a real swing year for Tennessee, one way or another. It's either going to go north or it's going to go south. And if it goes south, maybe you look at that that little blip as like a nice story, but but Tennessee could be humbled a bit. They're not going to the bottom of the division. Uh, of course, we're not going to have divisions, but but they'll – they'll be back in that middle and that's where they could find themselves this year. I mean, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Tennessee finishes second in the East. The only thing I'm confident of this year in the league is that Georgia wins the East. I think Alabama or LSU win the West. I think who finishes, we had, we had Phil Steele on today on JC and Morgan. I asked him specifically, who do you think finishes last in the West? And it was like, it's kind of pulling teeth. You hate to do it, but it's like Mississippi state and they're not awful. They're good. Yeah. They're actually pretty good, but that's how loaded that division is. Mississippi State would do some damage in the East. Um, but, but I feel confident Vanderbilt's going to finish last in the East. Georgia's going to finish first, and there'll be Alabama or LSU in the West. And other than that, I don't think any of us have any idea, if we're being completely honest about it. I think there's a whole lot of swing games and swing teams, or as you put it, wild card teams. Uh, that's, just, that's just where I am in this league, top to bottom. All right, um, let's step aside real quick. When we return, Mike, we
2: played a little game yesterday um, <laughs> called "Agree or Disagree." It's not a question game; it's a statement game. You either agree with the comment or you disagree with the comment. Okay. I have three of those for you. Well, I can handle this. Surprise, surprise! And and JC and uh, and uh, and Mad Dog, they'll they'll tell you how wrong you are. I, I look forward
0: ones. to that. Mad dogs I mean, Mad dog's pretty good. You know, he's pretty good at disagree or disagree. I'm, told I'm, I'm told I'm wrong all the time. It's all good.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm married.
0: I've no, never I been, that, I I haven't been, I
2: haven't been yeah, right yeah, in six years. Yeah.
0: That's right. <laughs> that's right. Any, any, yeah, any married guy out
2: there knows what it's like <laughs> to be told you're wrong. <laughs> you you know, know, I really think y'all should do this on the show. Well, no, we can't do that because of this. Well, that's ridiculous. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the next <laughs> – the next I time you I'm go not,
2: into someone's house to help them as their doctor, I'm going to tell you what type of medical care they deserve. I guess I'm there the only go.
1: one here that's uh, that's not te- uh, not technically married. Yeah, you uh, might as well. Be.
0: You, you know, might as well be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah no doubt. Yeah. No you're, doubt. you're you're you living uh, the life I, of a married man.
1: I haven't been right <laughs> in a few years. Just to back you well, up. Yeah. Right. Never <laughs> will. Be again. Never over. again. She's so, him.
2: What's Clark say in the uh, Christmas vacation? Oh, it's over. She's history. We're finished.
0: <laughs> Can't see the tan lines, can you, Russ? Maybe I just uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's history. She she passed away.
0: We're, we're
2: finished.
1: We're finished. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, she's not
2: dead. She just fell off a cliff and died on it. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: think
0: um... the original think... is still. That's a Ben Franklin. Think I'm yeah, like, yeah, it's definitely. It's I think the best, I'm going best to get me a
1: metal detector and start walking up and down the beach and collecting stupid <laughs> stuff now. It's my life's over. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me.
2: Uh, cock, cocky talk. Now you're not the only one, man. There's uh, about uh, 7,000 others who are listening to this <laughs> program today who are in agreement a, with us right now. A
1: support group sure. here on the Power That's on. Right.
2: <laughs> All right, yeah, let's likewise. hit a timeout. Agree or disagree? Mike Morgan version up next. Up next. Hey,
3: everybody. This is Mo Coppa from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go
2: Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. Let me paint something.com.
1: If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside. All of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Sirfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane, in the upstate for your real estate needs.
2: Building your dream home is often just that, a dream, and sometimes a nightmare. Columbia and go game pass.
3: we dive into whether or not we agree or disagree with Mike. I think there's one thing we can all agree on Mike is that if you are of an age to need some Medicare help, you need to be calling Palmetto Medic.
0: Oh, see, that's why the mad dog is a true pro. That's exactly right, Phil. Uh, Brian it's Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Spencer, the lad that some of you see in the upper left-hand corner of your screen with the phone number 803-960-9484, the website palmetto dash medicare.com if you're soon to be turning 65 or maybe you know somebody in that particular spot or if you're already on medicare but losing coverage through uh, your job or maybe your spouse's job what have you no matter what the scenario is you need somebody you can trust to make sure you maximize your benefits brian spencer will help you through the process one simple phone call 803-960-9484 Cover as much Medicare costs as humanly possible. He'll discuss the best plan for you and your family. That's Palmetto Medicare, palmetto-medicare.com. Tell me you heard about it here on Inside the Gamecock Show, 803-960-9484, a phone call that can save you money and provide uh, some more smiles for you and your family.
2: Hal McGranahan has a full practice report up on TheBigSpur.com, and uh, we will certainly get into some of that uh, tomorrow. But you feel free to head over to uh, TheBigSpur.com at the conclusion of our program, or you can also read it while you're watching our program. It's called multitasking. All right, Mike. Uh, okay, agree or disagree, these are all SEC questions. And uh, they are okay. all SEC East questions so next week we'll do a version of this from the SEC
0: West with you how about that it's a fun game game. I really like it there's a prize at
2: the end of it and um, oh
0: good do I need to roll the dice spin a wheel
1: yeah
2: (laughs) I don't really know what the prize is yet but we'll come up with something okay all right Vanderbilt will win two or more SEC games agree or disagree
0: agree I'll I'll give them two, and and only two. Um, I do do like Clark Lee. I do like their quarterback situation. I like Swan. Um, Where Vanderbilt always runs into trouble is on the line of scrimmage, as we all know, but there's always going to be a game or two during the year where you neutralize that disadvantage, and other areas play well. Uh, They clearly gained some confidence last year. Uh, So I'll go with two SEC wins for Vandy. Let's see who are they going to beat, Mike. Uh, are you giving them a road
2: win and a, a home win and a road win?
0: You want you want to pop up the schedule? I don't have that. In, I didn't come equipped with a Vanderbilt schedule
2: today. No,
0: no. I'll <laughs> give you. the – they
2: don't
3: have one prepared
2: either. Phil and I, Phil and I did our bold predictions the other day, and I gave him a really bold one. I said Vandy would start four and zero, but that's because their first four games are non conference, and I'm right. going to take him to go into Winston Salem and beat those dadgum. Uh, demon deacons without sam hartman go vandy but then after okay. that the problem is they've got to win or they have well, they'd like that they have eight straight eight consecutive conference games leading off with a pair at home kentucky and missouri back to back it's a very manageable schedule if you if honestly they could be if you missouri. To,
1: hey look yeah they could start seven and oh well, and, and game day would be in Nashville for Georgia at
0: Vandy. Scorching hot take. The scorching. October is that, that to JC's point, that seventh matchup. game was at Florida.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, it's because they, you know, Kentucky, they beat Kentucky last year. They're not going to be afraid of them. Kentucky historically has just kind of been mediocre against Vandy. Same with Missouri when they have to come to Nashville. Florida, they're not afraid of Florida either, you know, and Florida no. may be completely off the rails by that point. Uh, and then October 14th, uh, game day be in Nashville, Tennessee for the 10th ranked Commodore. You your uh, you're calling your shot,
2: you're calling your shot there, Clark Lee. No, that, no, that's a that's
1: a Disney, That's a script for a Disney movie.
2: Oh, well, <laughs> Phil, 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 call your brother and let him know that <laughs> JC was just kidding.
3: That's right, that's right. Your, yeah, well, you know, he's <laughs> your, probably, your brother, you gotta, all your brother up up watching part. that, hearing that right now. It's like, oh, <laughs> no, that's not what. Coach He's partly adopted
0: a, a homeless five-star prospect whose yeah. <laughs> parent was a crack addict. And I don't they know. Had, they don't have to tell us. got that. Sandy Bullock
1: like smoking on her.
0: Mike.
3: <laughs> we
1: <laughs> actually right. talked about Britney Spears and Sandra Bullock in that movie like within 15 minutes on J.C. Mm.
0: That's right. We did. We,
1: Two very <laughs> gorgeous uh, visions there. <laughs> I
2: think Britney Spears is getting divorced again. But of All right, course uh, she is. Yeah, well. She's you know, a, luna- she's a freaking lunatic. She <laughs> seems so stable. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike, all right, let's hear. I'll uh, Let's let's give them. No, Brittany, that's the toaster oven. Get your hands out. Well, I... Sorry, <laughs> right, go ahead. Wow. Let's give them. Uh, they're going to get one of the homes against Kentucky or Missouri. So let's give them. Uh... Let's give them. Ooh. Let's give them. That Missouri game, by the way, is going to be really boring. I think Vandy think? will play well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Vandy's going to play well in defense. neither one of them can score. It's going to be an old school kind of crappy SEC. There's, game,
0: there's but, another. Now we're, you're just saying Missouri, Kentucky. There's another winnable game on there somewhere. Again, I. I no, mean, I'm I, going.
2: I'm getting. Like I'm thinking one of that group and one later. Let's get. They're going to okay. go to. They'll, they have, they'll go to Ole Miss and stun Lane Kiffin. How about that? They have Auburn oh.
1: at home in Nashville. Yeah. I mean, go. I think Auburn's going to be improved. Vandy can still match up with them. They play at Carolina.
2: There's going to be 25,000 Auburn fans, though. There will oh, be yeah. a lot of Kentucky fans there, too. Man, their
1: stadium's ready. getting redone, though, JB. Their stadium's only going to seat 28,000 this entire season.
2: That's That's, I know. that's, fewer, that's, road fans,
0: that's fewer road fans to occupy the seats. No, it isn't. typically it, what happens. It's It'll more fans. There'll be at least,
2: 40, 40, they'll,
1: they'll be at least
0: 45, 50 people. In it's Black's fewer going. home fans, Mike. Depends how you look at it, I
3: guess.
1: <laughs> hey, Mike, Mike and I were talking earlier about, about this whole notion of a Super League uh, and all that good stuff. I'll say this. Uh, we need Vanderbilt. Everybody, needs, everybody in the SEC needs Vandy. Heck
4: uh, yeah.
1: You know, I, I, as I was just sitting there pointing out some of these programs that think their poop doesn't stink and – that, oh, my God, we can't lose, you know, we can't win less than eight games a year or whatever. You know, if they get in the league with other schools that are just like that and and they don't play anybody else, hell, they could go through 100 years of losing, just like the pros, just like the Cleveland Browns. They could become the Cleveland
0: Browns.
2: Vanderbilt is an interesting case. And, Mike, you've called Vanderbilt football, baseball, and basketball games throughout your career. Vanderbilt football seems to be a feel-good story, and everybody hates Vanderbilt baseball and basketball. (laughs) Like Nobody wants to play in that gym. Everybody hates Vanderbilt baseball and the Bush League crap they've done for years, back to when you were calling games for the Gamecock baseball program, and they would spike the ball at home plate when they struck you out. I called
0: their regional this year. They weren't celebrating much when they uh, lost to Oregon and Xavier to get bounced from the – as a top eight national seed, but yeah, uh, I, uh,
2: you, you get my point, right? Like we sit here and talk about Vandy football. We're like, come on, Vandy, you can win a couple of games. Just don't beat our program, of course. But yeah. well, on the baseball the, point well, side, lose everyone. I hate them. It, the,
0: the, the the point that JC's making that we were, we were, we were talking about is that uh, as we continue to go to like the NFC, AFC model, and, and I think, fans in your respective conference like to give the old flex like look at us we just want another natty look at us look at how powerful we are at some point it's going to compute that while that's happening and you can brag about your conference it also means you might move another rung or two down the ladder and when you eliminate those divisions like an, an eight win season who wouldn't be happy about that right eight win season's pretty damn good they don't come along every year an eight-win season could give you second place in the Eastern Division, but when they scrap the divisions and they add two more powerful programs, an eight-win season, you could be 10th place in your league. has a different vibe about it, doesn't it? Yeah, I would yeah, – very different vibe. Yeah, you finish third in the East versus
2: eighth or ninth overall, Because you know, whatever. Oh, God, this is again depressing. All right, Mike, uh, speaking of depressing, we just talked about the Gators. Agree or disagree, Florida will be in a bowl game. (laughs) Uh,
0: I think it's 60-40 yes, so I'll say yes, but I mean by the skin of of their teeth, probably around that 6-6 and mark again, Mm -hmm. and just get into a bowl game that most Florida fans won't care about uh, and won't celebrate if you win it, but will be pretty – unsettled if you lose it like you did last year getting uh throttled in the was it the Vegas Bowl and we talk about that JC yeah, Oregon, I mean, State,
1: they didn't, even, they didn't yeah. even show
0: up no well, i mean that's the other thing yeah that's that's they've they had a bunch of that i can i can't, I can't yeah. remember the last time florida did have a lot of players show up for a bowl game uh but no i i would say yes they get into a bowl beavers, baby. yeah the beavers nice beavers thank you um, nice beaver
1: jc thank you
0: Naked gun for anybody that hasn't seen that movie. Um, the, the um yeah, I, I'll say yes. Simple Hey, simple Is answer, Florida
2: simple. is are the Gators the fourth best team in the state of Florida? Just out of curiosity.
0: Uh I don't know. I, I, I think they could look. I think you put Florida in the hat with UCF and Miami, and I don't know if there's much separation between wow. the three right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But That's going to change. I mean, seriously. Like, that's going to – Florida is going to uh, – they're going to recruit under Billy. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They're going to get more talent, and you would think they're going to win more games. You would think. So they're going to be in a different level than UCF is. Miami, I don't know. I mean, Miami should have been good last year, and they were a disaster. So there's something wrong about what, what really chews up Florida fans more than anything is is neither one of those programs. It's Florida State. It's watching. Sure, it's what it's kind of like. You know, Carolina beats Clemson five years in a row, and they get this guy that a lot of people were calling a coupon coach and Dabo Sweeney, and it's like pff, Clemson's just you know Clemson, and then all of a sudden, all these five star kids start popping up and. Deshaun Watson is a generational quarterback for the program. And before you know it, the tables had been completely flipped. And now, of course, Carolina's closing the gap again, and they just beat Clemson in Death Valley. And so it looks like that little streak is over, and maybe, maybe it goes back to the way it was when Spurrier was doing it. But think about it in Florida terms. They had the upper hand on Florida State. Florida State was becoming a dumpster fire, latter, latter part of Bobby Bowden, Latter part of Jimbo Fisher, Willie Taggart, one of the worst hires uh, of a major program in our lifetime. And and then Norvell got off to a bumpy start, too. And meanwhile, Florida's like, well, at least we're better than Florida State. Well, that that could be changing. Norvell has found the magic. They have the quarterback situation completely settled. They're getting guys like Jared Verse to come back for another year when he could have been a high, high draft pick. Um and Florida State's going to be good this year. They're going to be better than Florida. They'll likely beat Florida again. So, yeah, that's that's the one that they don't think much about Miami, honestly, in Gainesville, and they don't think about UCF at all. They worry about the, the, t- the school that's two hours, sound familiar, two hours away from Gainesville, uh, that they've had classic showdowns in the past, and it wasn't that long ago where every time Florida and Florida State met, they were both in the top ten. Mm-hmm. And lately they've been completely irrelevant. Both of them. Top 100, that's for sure. All
2: right, final one, Mike, and we're going to get out of here on time today so we can all grab a coconut. We smile. are. Okay. Yeah, because uh, yes. I've got to. i got to run anyways, and Mad Dog <laughs> is like, thank Mad, God. Mad Dog's done. Um, all right, a team in the SEC not named Georgia will be ranked number one at some point in the regular season. Agree or disagree?
0: These are good questions, Jamie. I got to. I got to hand you. it to you. Thank you. Um, so, so I'm really high on LSU. So I want to say LSU, but it's not just me being high on LSU. I have to. I have to say that Georgia's going to lose. The, so right. the only way this happens yeah. is if Georgia loses at Tennessee, and then the winner of LSU Bama becomes number one in the country. That's the only scenario that that any of this happens. So, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Well, Well, give me another one. No,
2: I mean, I mean, obviously, if Georgia loses to anybody, there's a chance it could happen. But you also have to have whoever would be in the SEC at at this point, in my opinion, you know, I agree with you, either LSU or Alabama. They have to have the resume to get there. Right. And are they going to leapfrog Michigan, for example? Yeah, I don't know.
0: Because Michigan's uh, not losing to anybody for a while with think the opener to East Carolina. Yeah.
3: <laughs> with, with, with the, the toughest thing game they play in five years. Hey, every, East
1: everybody Carolina is the toughest. Yeah, yeah that's the toughest game on is game. literally the toughest team they play.
2: The well, they don't have game.
0: Jim Harbaugh for the first few weeks. That's going to well, be Well, no no no, 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 no. no hold on. Oh, it. that's right. Yeah. Once again, got dunked on the most feeble Barney Fife organization as we know it now. Uh, they couldn't even <laughs> get, they couldn't even uphold a, a suspension for a guy that was violating rules under COVID. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just, it just goes to show you where we are right now in college football with the NCAA. <sighs> Tennessee 10 years ago would have been hammered, hammered based on everything that came out. You know what they got? I mean, not Bupkis, it's something, but they're still going to bowl games. There, there's you know, nothing even resembling the death penalty or anything like that. So, uh, But I don't see Georgia the, – the only game in the regular season that I see Georgia struggling – well, I shouldn't say struggling with. They struggled against Missouri. You're going to struggle even as a great team against somebody you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they lose to anybody. A, chance, a really good chance of losing except for at Tennessee maybe. If Joe Milton is half as good as people think he's going to be, and I'm not sold on that yet, if the offense is able to overcome losing two wide receivers to the NFL, offensive linemen to the NFL, if they're good enough to overcome all of that, maybe, then they they have a magical night in Knoxville. I haven't even checked the schedule. Do we think... What other game is going on? Is that a guaranteed three thirty or could they actually get that at night? They'd rather uh, have it at night. you're talking about in Knoxville? Yeah. Uh, what weekend is that? The second, uh, the last weekend of the year.
1: Yeah, it's it's like late.
0: Um, well, I understand that, but but who else is so like Alabama uh LSU's before that, right?
1: Yeah, there's not a lot of uh big time SEC. Okay, guys so that's
0: gonna guy. be three thirty. So that's that's a guaranteed Three thirty. I'm calling that shot right now. Oh, oh guaranteed, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, maybe
2: uh, could uh, potentially. I I no, went, no. Potentially, New, yeah. New Mexico State at Auburn.
0: Potentially, yeah. Of <sighs> course. When those two teams meet, you can throw out the records. No, I, yeah. I, I, I love the at, I'll take, I'll take Georgia in your, love in those, your bet. Oh, so Georgia. you're you disagree? Yeah. You disagree. What you're
1: saying. All right, so so here's the schedule for that year, uh, for that week. Florida plays Missouri. South Carolina plays Kentucky. That's know. it.
2: It's going to be Georgia at Tennessee. Well,
1: yeah, yeah Georgia Tennessee. Uh, that's, that's there's no other SEC. Abilene Christian at A That's intriguing. How well, that could Wake, be Wake yeah. Forest at Notre Dame that weekend too. North Carolina at Clemson. Uh, it's not a bad weekend. Not a bad weekend overall. That that used to be SoCon Sunday in the yeah. SEC or SoCon Saturday in the SEC.
2: Could be a couple of weeks with Georgia on. Uh, you got Ole Miss at Georgia the week before. I don't know. Hey, I'm not going to fast-forward to November. Are you kidding me? I just can't wait till September. This is ridiculous. Yeah. All right, Jamie says you're wrong, Mike. Carolina starts 5-0. and If they start 5-0, and that means they would go to Athens in week three and win. So if That's, that uh, happens, this place hey, will
0: be nuts. If that happens, then we're going to have a much more exciting year uh, in Columbia, in the SEC, in the country. Everything will be a lot more exciting if Georgia loses that game. Uh, mm-hmm. If they don't, they're rolling people. They're rolling a lot of people in the league this year.
1: They got to go to, they got to go at Auburn, but man, they've dominated them. Man. Yeah. That used to be one of the closest series in the country. But
0: it used Georgia's, to be the road team would win every year.
1: Yeah. Georgia under Rick started just whipping their butt. and
4: They, they, yeah. get their butt
0: whipped. They, they, they reversed all that. So, yes, I, I, I can't say I'm shocked that somebody on the show would say that you know, happened. Not out of the realm of possibility. I think it's a better chance this year than last year. With all the things that people said about Stetson Bennett, dude, was pretty clutch. We we've got to find out their quarterback this year. you know he's more athletically gifted, but what if it's a fourth quarter game? If it's a fourth quarter game, that's where Stetson was at his best. I don't know if. That's going to be the case this year. I'll I'll take Jamie's uh,
2: comment to the next level here. If South Carolina magically opens up 5 and 0, they'll magically open up 6 and 0 because the game after Tennessee, well, they have a week off and then they welcome Florida to town. It yeah. would be very yeah, that, That's a dub. So, it be car- very Carol Carolina-istic.
1: To start 5 and 0,
2: characteristic of Carolina right and, and lose to no. Florida. Huh?
1: No,
0: to open six and zero, and then go to friggin' Missouri and get beat. You know the ah. thing is, if that if, if the Georgia game was actually at Williams Bryce, I don't think that would be that far fetched. But it's it's in Athens. It's between the hedges. Like there ain't going to be a whole lot of people predicting that. But that's what that's what would make it a genius prediction if it happens.
2: I will say this. so Carolina's four road games this year: Georgia,
0: Tennessee, Missouri, and A and M. They will not go over. That's brutal. That that is brutal though. Yeah, I mean, that's really really brutal. What is uh, who did they piss off at the at the scheduling office in Birmingham? It seems like every year this is a this is a thing where it's a where it's either the toughest schedule in the country or like the third toughest. Well, I mean, whoever you know, they pissed next year, whoever they
2: hey, who, yeah, I was about to say whoever they pissed off. Really didn't care because they did it again. They got to go to
0: Bama, Oklahoma, Kentucky next year. Well, again, it, it, as as they keep it's adding, the SEC man, it's the SEC. But I to to James's point, the bigger game for me if I'm looking at what's going to define this season, Missouri. good, bad, and different. It's Missouri. Yeah. It's Missouri. It's Kentucky. It's Florida. North Carolina. No one. No one's gonna. No one's gonna sweat it if you lose to the number one team and two time defending national champions on the road. Like that's no. – you're not going to hang your head in shame if that happens. But it's those swing games that that will determine how this season is looked at. They got a lot of them. There's no doubt.
2: Yep. All right, thanks to Chris Perry and the masterful Mike Morgan in Power Hour. Enjoyed it, guys. Uh, well done this morning with um, – what's the guy's Casey name? And Morgan. No, the other guy <laughs> with Phil the magazine, Steel. Phil Steele.
0: Yeah. The still,
2: what's the guy with the, mag- the, guy with the, the magazine.
0: magazine? Are you not still reading Lindy's? Are you? You're looking at like the barbecue tips and you know, <gasps> pictures, pictures hey. of the Vanderbilt cheerleaders.
2: Hey, do y'all want to? Do y'all want to go in on a uh, a major money making operation? A little side gig. I thought that's can what we, this was. Well, <laughs> as par- as part of this, can well, we find yeah. a way to bring back Leonard's losers? Oh gosh. Did, yes. his son it, tried it for a while. His son it, tried it. Yeah, but he went as good it all was right. the greatest Saturday college football tradition on the planet when it was in his prime. It was all also-
1: Phil Phil's, Phil, you have people up in mountains of western North Carolina. They have okay, to go some banjo players.
3: Oh, I'm <laughs> sure we can come up with somebody.
1: Get me out of here, Percy. I can do the voice. Let's just Leonard Post Tostis. Leonard's losers. Postseason, yeah, North
0: Carolina. I think now in, in in the betting age of today, it had to be Leonard's covers. Every everybody you pick covers the spread because nobody just bets straight up on the, like the money line. Like I, I everybody now. Remember back then, you could not put the point spread on game day. If yep. you had to like, yeah. Lee Corso had to be cute about it. Well, I think they win by a touchdown and a two point conversion. I e, they're going to cover the seven and a half. Now you just put seven and a half and you plaster it all over and you get five guys wearing a suit and tie going, I think they cover. They lose what they cover. We've just accepted gambling unless you're on the team and you bet against your squad. Yeah. Not a good thing that for sucks. Iowa yeah. and Iowa State players. That's, <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. Can't do that's that. still a no-no. Can't do that. But, <laughs> but, yeah, it would have to be Leonard's covers, and I think there's a market for that. All right.
2: I'm going to stick right. with Leonard's losers. All but right. I hear you. You're, you're not wrong. All right. All right. Let's take a nap. We'll see you tomorrow see, on yes. Inside the Game Cosh the Show.